You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Josh Swallows. Josh Swallows. Josh Swallows. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Josh Swallow's Broadway here at the Broadway Podcast Network. I am sitting here with one of my favorites, one of your favorites. Um, She is legendary. She is a true icon. She has red hair. And we both love cereal. Welcome to the show, Carolee (laughs) Carmelo. You're not going to swallow me, are you? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to swallow you, girl. (gasps) Gulp, gulp, gulp. How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. How are you, you big Broadway star? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This time of year is insane. So, you know, like Jesus be a bed. But um, no, everything's yeah, fine. But it's exciting. The only time I've ever been through like award season as part of a show that was in the running, I my show was always closed. Really? Yeah. All three times I was nominated, it was for shows that had already closed. So I never went through that kind of like frenzy of like, I'm doing this luncheon and then I got to do this and then I got to do my matinee and then in between I got to do... Yeah. So I never had to do that. I was always one of the like... Okay, bye everybody. Have a good show. <laughs> well, your first nomination was for Parade, right? Truth. Yes. Oh my gosh, Lucille. You were in grade school. No, I, I that was uh the year right before I moved to New York. Was it? Oh, uh, the East Coast. Uh, okay. I moved to Philadelphia first, but I was such a dork. I would listen to the cast recording and I would go like, "Up oh, this is going to win. My money is on this and Steel Pier. I haven't seen anything. <laughs> well, you have good taste. You I, always have. I guess, but Even like Steel then. Pier, I was like, oh my God, it's between Parade and Steel Pier. <laughs> did Parade win? No. Best musical? Yeah. What did? Somebody out there knows. I forget. Well, screw them. Whatever show yeah. it is, it sucks. Yeah. So you grew up in Albany. Is that right? I did. Albany, New York. The capital of our empire state, <laughs> yes, uh, had no interest or connection to theater at all. I was just a good student and yeah. did my little projects. And you went to college homework. for business, right? I did. Yeah, I was. I didn't do any theater in high school or anything like that. I was a jock and you know played on the tennis team and ran track and stuff like that and studied a lot and then went to college for business administration. So did you have no idea that you were as talented as you are? 
I mean, how talented am I? I don't you know. You are one of the best Stop talents um, in New no, York. No, I didn't know. I, I, I mean, I no, I didn't think about it. It wasn't, it wasn't anything that even like entered my mind until really? like in college. I was, I think I was a sophomore in college, and they were having tryouts in my dormitory for. <laughs> I must have told you this story. I'm sure I have for Oliver. Uh-huh. And I auditioned and got the role of Nancy. Yeah, you did. The barmaid with a heart of gold. <laughs> so I did the show in the cafeteria of my dorm. It was Hilarious. very glamorous. Pushed the tables aside and like, you know, made a little whatever. Uh, and borrowed some red dress from somebody and I was Nancy. But it was really fun. And I just did shows in college like maybe once a year. I did a show just for fun because, the you know, it was like... I wasn't doing a sport or anything else. And then after I graduated from college, well, actually, right before I graduated from college, I was offered a summer job, which was an equity theater. And it was someone who had seen me do like a, a community theater thing during my school years. And um, I was suddenly faced with this decision of like, do I join Actors Equity and become like, a person who's a professional actor. <laughs> I remember standing in my mother's living room and the producer of the show was trying to explain to me what actor's equity was. And I was like, "What? Well, so what does that mean? He says, well, if you join it, you know, you won't be able to do those shows anymore like you did the community theater, you know, the dormitory light opera in case anybody's out there. Yeah. Uh, well, I suppose you could do your dorm production. I don't know if that would interfere, but I was, I did a community theater thing and a little like local dinner theater production of the sound of music. He said, you can't do that anymore because the union won't let you be in amateur productions. Yeah. So, uh, that was sort of a turning point. And I was like, well, so then what? And he said, well, you have to, you know, think about whether you ever want to pursue this professionally. What? (laughs) What are you talking about? People make money being actors? <laughs> P.S. We don't. Um, <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, then I, I took that job with that guy uh, up in Lake George, New York, in the Adirondacks, and I got my equity card. And then... What was the show? They're playing our song. All right. And you played the their song. <laughs> I did. I was not Sonia. I was one of the voices. And uh, then I met all these actors from New York who had auditioned and you know were pursuing careers and they were like you should move to new york it's so fun and yeah i was like that sounds easy i think i'll do that but actually i i knew in the back of my mind i was like this isn't gonna work out so i will give myself like a year to try this and get it out of my system so that when i'm 56 i won't be going wow i wonder what would have happened if i'd moved to new york in 1983 (laughs) Um, so yeah, I did it. And then I just tried to find jobs. Now, before we go into your first year of New York, I still can't get over that. You didn't know how talented you were. Like an example, if I was your dad and it was my birthday and you sang happy birthday to me, (laughs) I feel like your parents knew and they were like, we must stop her from, she must never know her talent ever. Uh, I don't think it occurred to them. I mean, like I, I sang when we were at church, but I wasn't, I, I was in the choir in middle school. And like one of my earliest memories of singing in public was in grade school, like the, the choir concert in grade school. I was part of this little trio of seven year olds. I think we were in second grade 
who had like a little solo feature in one of the songs. And the day of the concert, the other two girls were sick. And I remember the teacher coming up to me and saying, you, you don't have to do this all by yourself if you don't want to. And I was like, no, I'll do it. <laughs> so we were like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I, I think it was a Christmas song, but I can't remember what it was. Maybe my mom remembers. But that was the first time I think I ever got any attention for it. And that probably, my mom probably went, huh. Okay. Were they horrified when you left business to become an actress? They probably were, but they were outwardly supportive. They okay, tried good. they tried to be supportive. Yeah. I'm still holding to my idea that your parents knew how talented you were <laughs> and it was their mission it was to subterfuge. Stop you. Yeah. Like like they knew that this was in your blood. Like your great great grandmother <laughs> was on the vaudeville circuit. They were uh, like, it skipped a generation and went her. to our daughter. Not that I know of, although my dad has a very lovely singing voice and yeah. to this day sings with a men's choir. So you know, he probably secretly was like, yeah, do it for me. Didn't you sing with him at a concert I saw in Boston when we were doing Neverland? Did he sing with me in that? I think he did. He Maybe I'm have. making this up, but I'm pretty sure yeah, he, he might did have. and I cried my eyes out. Because he, when I was a kid, we used to sing that that duet that I sometimes do in my concert, you know, you don't need analyzing. And so when I did that concert in Albany at my college, he sang with me there. So he might've done in that little Boston concert. Wow. I think so. So you moved to New York city because it's going to be fun. What, like, where did you live when you first came here? That's my parents were supportive enough to help me find a friend of theirs who lived in Flushing, Queens, whose name is Carolee, the only other Carolee that they knew of. Yeah. And I think I was that's where they got the idea for the name. But uh, she lived and probably still lives in Flushing, Queens. And she let me stay in her basement for a couple of months uh, in exchange for once in a while babysitting for her daughter. And so I would take the bus from Flushing to the end of the seven line, wherever that yeah. is, and then take the train in every day and like go to auditions. And mind you, I was already in equity, so it was a little easier for me than people who move yeah, sure. to New York, you know, and they're non-union. They have to sort of scramble into the union somehow. Uh, so yeah, I would go to all those auditions at equity and try to, you know dance and chorus calls, that was a rude awakening because, I mean, right. singing for me was like, yeah, sure, everybody can sing. Can't you sing? Everyone, you know, what's the big deal about singing? And dancing, I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's doing pirouettes and time steps, and I'm like, uh, I better learn how to do this. So I started, like, going to steps, you know, and sure. taking classes and for trying you. to learn how to, like, get through a chorus call, basically. Isn't it brutal? It's I, awful. I, I don't know how people do it. Yeah, I, I never took like dance classes. I regret that. There were so many like calls that I would see being like looking for all shapes and sizes when in reality they're not. But I would be like, great, I'm going to go to the dance call for fame on 42nd Street and then start crying in the middle of it and run out of the room. But P.S., you're a great dancer. I can move, but I'm not like a dancer You're dancing dancer. in the prom on Broadway. Well, I do, but... Yes, you do. Yeah, I but saw that's you. different than like chorus boy well, dancing. It's and different than... Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You know. Depends on the show. Yeah, but I guess. they're lucky to have you. Oh, I love you. 
And you danced in Believe. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you remember Believe? You didn't have to be in Believe. No, I stood on the side and watched it, though. You know, I, I always have just like idolized you. And I've told you this. You've always been just a hero of mine. And so I remember seeing you at the final callback for Finding Neverland at Telsey's office. And you had your hair up. And I remember watching you go into the room and then 80 minutes later you came out and you just looked enthralled and <laughs> I was just like, oh, it must have gone great. I wish I could have been in there. <laughs> and I remember saying like, hi, Miss Carmelo, I just want to say I love your work and you were so nice. And then, so we start rehearsals and I think I was like too shy to really come up and like make conversation, but I, you sat next to me. In the workshop, me. you mean? Yeah, the workshop. And this was when I had my uh, stitching business. I used to have a stitching business called the Naughty Nanas, where I would embroider stuff that would say like, it would be like flowers and puppies. And it would say in a beautiful font, like, go fuck yourself. Or please don't do coke in the bathroom. <laughs> I remember that one. And I remember I was in the middle of doing one that was incredibly profane. And that's when you came and sat down next to me. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm stitching the word fuck during my first real encounter with Carolee Carmelo, and she's going to hate me. Did I laugh? I you probably laughed. You did laugh. You were so nice. I showed you all the pictures of my work, and then we just bonded and fell in love. I love you. I love you too. And then, oh gosh, remember Boston? Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, remember so much of it. Well, the dressing rooms at that old theater at ART always reminded Wait, me. Wait, do they have a new theater? They're building one. Oh, because the last the time I was there for some event, it was still those dressing rooms. Yeah, but I, I heard that they're building a new one. Oh, okay. But those dressing rooms at the current one, they've always reminded me of like a jail cell in Fallujah. <laughs> You know, just this like abyss of despair, just bricks, no windows, bricks, and you don't know what time of day it is. You don't know what show you're doing anymore. I think that may have had something to do with the rest of our experience, <laughs> less about the dressing rooms and more about the artistic experience of that. That was rough. Yeah, but you really decorated your dressing room. It looked like a real room. Oh, it was did it? so beautiful. I think I brought a lamp and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and a lamp and like a table cover. Yeah, and... my little skirt. Yeah, goes, yeah. It was beautiful. It was like all like pink and yes, cream that's and all sensible my, and relaxing. All my dressing room stuff that I save and and trot out every time I have a dressing room. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. Yeah, I still remember some of our kids. Oh, God, um, they're all grown up now. I know, they're all grown up. But my favorite was always um, little Alex because he would say the most crazy things. <laughs> I remember He's going to be hiring us someday, <laughs> P.S. He well, will be a producer. He's going to be like a scientist or something. Oh, is he? Yeah, he like goes to robot conventions Oh, now. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, but I remember him saying stuff like, I want to hug you with knives. <laughs> and being like, what is happening? But it was in your dressing room. You may have been on stage, I forget, but where I taught him how to say, I would say, Alex, what is the most important advice you could give to young people that want to be child actors like you? And he went, that's easy. Moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. <laughs> His mother was very, very 
happy with me. <laughs> um, so what was your, your Broadway debut was City of Angels. Yes. You've done some homework. Girl, no, well, I, I come on, I love you. <laughs> well, you had a, you had a small part. What were you? You were like I a- I was Margaret the maid. I had one line. <laughs> what was it? A Mr. Stone to see you, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Did you have to do that in the audition? <laughs> no, the audition was pretty funny though. Uh, David Zippel, who was the lyricist of that and is, you know, an award-winning, wonderful lyricist, he likes to tell the story of my audition because I sang a song from the 40s. If you don't know City of Angels, it's it's this musical that's set in the 1940s, like a film noir thing. So I had a book of like greatest hits from the 40s. So I sang a song called Again. And after I finished, Cy Coleman, who was in the room and wrote the score of City of Angels, he said, that was great. That was great. Can you sing something without the Spanish accent? <laughs> I remember David I didn't know David at the time but he kind of looked at me like cockeyed and I was like uh yeah of course <laughs> like, what are you talking about did you have a Spanish no accent? of course not that's amazing uh, yeah but I ended up getting cast as Margaret the Maid and understudying Dee Hody and oh god oh god her name's just gone out of my head one other principal actor not Rachel York but Rachel was also in the show um and then later I came back to the show and took over Randy Graff's part that's amazing <clears throat> where were you when you got the call that you were making your Broadway debut you I remember no I don't was it crazy or was it like oh well this makes sense god I'm, I, it's so long ago I don't remember I I think I felt good about it but also I think I knew it was going to be tough to be like an understudy and have one line. And that was going to be hard for me. Yeah. But I, I don't remember the moment that I got that call. I probably didn't have an agent. Wow. So I probably, I imagine they just like called my service. Yeah. Right. You're too young to have it. No, no. Did you I, have a service? Um, I didn't have one, but when I first moved here, you they, it was all services and you know, but I had a pager. I worked at a restaurant That's on Ninth fancy. Avenue. It was run by the mafia. It was absolutely awful. Uh, there would be like giant rats running around the restaurant at dinner time. It was so bad. I quit after two weeks. I didn't call. They didn't, didn't call me. Up. I just stopped going. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I used to lie to them. I'd say, my agent just paged me and I have to go find a payphone and call them back real quick. Um, <laughs> And I didn't even have an agent. I was just like, I need to bum a cigarette from somebody and pray for a life that doesn't suck. Oh. Did you tour before you did Broadway? Uh, I toured. God, I have such a bad memory. I have a good I memory. I toured a few Big times, River. but I can't remember if it came before or after Broadway. I believe Big River was after Broadway. Really? I could be wrong. No, I think it was after and I toured with Les Mis, yeah, you and did. I toured with Falsettos, and I toured with... Chess. Chess, thank As you. Florence. Well, Chess definitely was after, because I left the Broadway company of City of Angels to do the Chess tour. So, like, four weeks after we opened on Broadway, I left City of Angels to go do that tour of Chess. Yeah, you did. Because that was an amazing part. Yeah, it was. I can't believe there's not a full bootleg of it. 
There should there be. Pro- I think there is. Oh, God, what I would give. I don't condone bootlegs, but what I would give. <laughs> Listeners, if you're out there, send it my way. Um, Stephen Bogardis and John Herrera. Do you remember John Herrera? No. Yeah, they were great. That's incredible. And Barbara Walsh was Svetlana. What? It was a good cast. That's fun. And then you got to make history with falsettos. Oh, yeah, that was so great. What a great experience that was. Yeah. I was very lucky. How long were you a part of that? Not that long, really, because all of the pre-Broadway stuff had been done off-Broadway by other people. And then there was this production up in Connecticut, I believe, that Graziella Danielle directed, where Mm -hmm. she put the two pieces of March of the Falsettos and Falsetto Land, she put them together as one show, which had never been done before. And then suddenly there was interest in it going to Broadway, and I believe... There was some discussion of Grazi doing it, but then ultimately James Lapine ended up stepping back in and directing it. So he came in and used his original cast, Stephen Bogardis and Michael Rupert and Chip Zine. And Janet Metz, who had always played Cordelia, was on the road with Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat and couldn't get out of her contract to come back and do it. Wow. So they had auditions, and I was lucky enough to slide in there yeah but i hadn't done any of it beforehand i just did the broadway production now that was i mean i think that was one of the first musicals to really tackle the aids epidemic what was that like doing that show while because that was what like 1991 92 (sighs) yeah something around there it was it was raw for people it was really fresh in everyone's memory like i remember every night men sitting in the house and just weeping after the curtain came down and just, well, there was no curtain, but after the show was over and just not being able to get out of their seats and, and waiting at the stage door to tell us, you know, how much it meant to them that we were telling the story and how important it was and how many friends they had lost. And, and we all had lost friends too, because if you were in the city at that time or, you know, had friends in the business, there was, people were dying all the time. It was just heartbreaking. Um, So the fact that Bill Finn was able to write a show that was touching, but also really funny and really accessible to people, it was, it was really special to be a part of it. Yeah. I'll never forget you allowed me to come with you to the opening of the revival here. Oh, yeah. And I got to sit with you and, you know, the original cast Some of, of that like, every gang, production the of OGs. What yeah. was that like watching it? It was kind of crazy because, especially sitting with that group of people. Yeah. Because we had had such a sort of emotional experience doing the show. It was kind of hard to watch in a way. It's like watching sort of a, painful part of your childhood or something yeah it's probably what Cher feels like when she goes to the Cher show (laughs) I'm guessing um (laughs) uh but yeah I I was glad that they were doing it again because it's such an amazing score and you know yeah and they're on the road with it too I know well like so it's it lives on as a gay person, the show has always meant so much to me. And I'm such a stickler about, you know, I, I love gay history. I love, you know, learning about the epidemic. I think it's important that my generation and younger knows yeah, about the epidemic. No, I know. And um, the, all those Instagram posts that you have done in the past about, you know, different people who have been 
trailblazers and have lived and died and and fought for rights. It's really inspiring. Thanks, friend. But, um, you know, I think that you and that original company of falsettos were also trailblazers. I don't know if we knew that at the time. I think we we felt that it was something really special, you know, yeah. when you're part of probably the way you feel. You're part of telling a story that really hasn't been quite told in that way before. So you do feel like you're touching people. Yeah, sure. And that's... That's, you know, that doesn't come come along very often yeah. in our business where you really feel like it's a it's a special sort of emotional tie that people have to the material. Yeah. You know, especially when it's sort of mirror mirroring what we're going through politically um and what, you know, during the time that Falsettos was running, um what was happening then. And um, you know, I think this is a good lead in for this when did you get interested in motorcycles? <laughs> a Broadway fun fact. Carolee Carmelo has a motorcycle. Okay, well, it's not a Harley or a Ducati or anything, but it's uh, but it's fun. It's, uh, it's basically like a Vespa. Actually, my then-husband, the lovely Greg Edelman, and my kids bought me this little Vespa for Mother's Day about 10 years ago. And they had just, you know, seen me sort of envy them on the street and say, oh, that would be fun. But I didn't have a motorcycle license or anything. In fact, the day they gave it to me, Mother's Day, I was doing Mamma Mia, and I had a matinee. So I, I guess Mother's Day is always on a Sunday, right? So I had a matinee. Yeah. They, they gave it to me. I was so surprised and excited, and I got right on it and fell over and crashed. <laughs> On the very first day, because I didn't know how to ride it. Were you I okay? Drove to, yeah, but I was pretty banged up, but I still did my matinee. <laughs> <laughs> I had to wrap my leg in these like gauze bandages because it was bleeding so much. Oh I had God. torn off like the skin off my right uh, calf uh, and banged the bike up a little bit. So after that, I, I hired someone to teach me how to, <laughs> how to ride. <laughs> and then I had to, you know, pass my test at the DMV and... So now I write it in. That's amazing. It's really fun. I think that we should just quit the business and start a biker gang. Okay. I mean, as long as you could... Broadway put, bikers. Yeah, Broadway I can see bikers. the logo now. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the leather jackets with the jazz hands. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would be like Sons of Anarchy, except we sing. Oh, good yeah. idea. How about that? Lena Hall. She rides. Of course she does. Uh, <laughs> I would expect we that. We could find a few. Yeah. Okay. Mark Kudish, he rides. Does he? I think so. Okay. I believe uh, my favorite thing about him was when he did 9 to 5 in LA, he made them ship his motorcycle out there. Wow. Go Mark Kudish. Way to negotiate. So I hear that you have some big news and I really want to talk about it. Can we talk about it, please? Um, I guess we can talk about it now. Yes. I think it's official. Yes. I'm going to be um, going out as Dolly Levi in the Hello Dolly tour that's heading out across the country right now with Betty Buckley starring in it. Um, and I'm going to join it in Kansas City in September. <sighs> so I will be, if you anybody, any of your listeners are in, you know, Kansas City or St. Louis or Oklahoma City, I'll be there in the fall and then a bunch of other cities oh on God. the east coast are you gonna go to arizona i love arizona actually tucson really yeah i'm gonna come visit you 
and maybe we can escape to Sedona for a couple of hours. That's amazing. Yeah, I'll be in Tucson in October. Um, so be on the lookout for the Hello Dolly tour if it's coming to your city and come say hello because I love to meet people who love Josh Lehman. Oh, and I'd love <laughs> for people to meet the amazing Carolee. Do you guys have a sit down anywhere? Uh, we The longest stop that I get to do is Toronto, which is uh, next spring for six weeks. Oh, Right. Um, like April, May-ish. Perfect. I, I love Toronto. Yeah, Have you played it's Toronto a great before? city. Um, not like that. Like I've gone up for short little things and not really gotten to know the city. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's And then incredible. I end the tour in sort of my hometown, Schenectady, New York, which is um, the the city that's right next to Albany where I grew up. And it's it's the big theater that I got to play when I did the music man with the Schenectady Light Opera. So I'm very excited that that's the last stop on the yeah. tour. Oh, that's so cool. Yay. So if you're out there, come say hello. Oh my gosh. How did America get so lucky? <laughs> I think, you know, this is God's way of throwing us a bone after all the Trump stuff. He's like, you know what? I We need to give the people Carolee is Dolly. <laughs> I'm so freaking happy think, for yeah, you. I think he said that, yeah. <laughs> um, gosh, well, I, did you ever, did you sing one of the songs from Dolly in, in your concert or was that? No. no, 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 no. You sang, um, don't rain on my parade. Don't rain on my parade. <laughs> yeah. It's similar. Gosh, you're so good. Aww, oh, thanks. okay. Ameri I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. America, please. Like when you meet Carolee at the stage door, when you go see her, Sally Levi, please take a picture and please send it to me on Instagram and I'll post it because I just love it. Um, I'm at Josh period layman on Instagram. Carolee, what's your Instagram? Carolee Carmelo. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you have to send it to us and then I'll post it on mine because I'm obsessed. That's amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. And um, we also have a very special love, a very we bond over the fact that I think I will, I'll speak for myself. I love cereal more than I love people. I would have to agree with you on that. <laughs> What's your favorite kind? Oh God. There's just so many good ones, Josh. I mean, we've talked about grape nuts oh, grape and nuts. grape nuts flakes. It. And I know you like to combine. I'm not mm -hmm. a combiner. I like the, the pure, like, simplicity of each flavor. But I could eat five bowls in a row of oh, five yeah. different flavors, but yeah. I don't mix them together like It's all you that do. I want. I know. It's all that I want. Later ice cold when I get milk. Home. Oh, my gosh. Almond milk for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't, yeah. So that's, that's what it's like. You do a Broadway show, and then you go home, and you nurse the wounds with cereal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's comforting. And another fascinating thing that I don't think people know is that you don't really listen to music. <laughs> no, I don't. That's, it's bad. It's not bad. Well, it's kind of bad because people will say, like, who's your favorite, you know, singer? Who's your favorite whatever? I'm like, I, I don't know. I, don't like, listen I haven't to listened to music <laughs> in true. 79 years. It's true. I have a CD in my car of James Taylor's greatest hits. So <laughs> that shows you, like, the last time I actually was listening to music what do you listen to M npr right yeah i listen to podcasts like this one That's amazing. and you know lots of i don't know lots of different ones let me think of my favorites well i, I like sort of 
games sometimes. So like you're really what? good at games too. Yeah? I used to play you with words on words oh, with friends yeah. or whatever. How come we're not friends anymore? Because well, I deleted the app because I just felt so stupid. You're really good. <laughs> I do like word games. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't let Carolee anywhere near Bananagrams because you will feel <gasps> terrible I about yourself. I have played that in a long time. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, a good yeah. game. Finding Neverland. You were the Bananagram queen. We would, yeah, we would play between scenes sometimes. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. See, yeah, we found some fun up there. We did. Yeah. That was that was a, a long experience, <laughs> to say the least. It was a long time up there, yeah. Um, But, uh... You know, but that's just a blip. You've done 15 Broadway shows. 14, unless you know of one that's coming up that I don't know I about. I thought I counted 15. I think it's 14. Okay. But well, I'm not going to fight good. you on it, but still, that's incredible. Thanks. Yeah. Do you still love it after all this time? I love the art form. I love musical theater, which I know... It's not true of everyone, but probably people who listen to your podcast probably love it. But I just love the idea of telling a story and then bursting into song. I just think it's a cool art form. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I still enjoy it. I There are lots of parts of the business that I don't like. Sure. And I think that that can get in the way of enjoying your time on stage sometimes. But the actual show and the the crafting of it i do enjoy that yeah. yeah um one of the best performances i ever saw was you as mrs lovett and sweeney todd Aww, downtown that's nice of you no it was all the city could talk about it was no longer like did you see sweeney todd it was like did you see carolee as mrs lovett oh thanks um i mean i saw you twice it was incredible i had never done that role before so it was a really exciting opportunity for me I yeah mean, to be in that production, which uh, was so unique. I mean, it was really, you know, they, they called it immersive, but it really was like people were, basically the, the tables of people were the stage and we would climb all over them and, you know, sing in their face. And yeah. it was it was an interesting way to do it. Was it also weird being that close to the audience or was yes. that fun for you? It took a lot of time to get used to it. Yeah. It was hard. And in fact, the, the first... The first time that we did a performance with an actual audience was kind of shocking because we had had like a run through with, you know, 10 people sitting in the space just to give us an idea of it. But then we, when we actually had a full house, it was sort of overwhelming. And P.S. at that first performance was sitting Mr. Stephen Sondheim. No, yes. at the first one? I know. I was like, why, Stephen? But he was there. And then Norm Lewis, who was playing Sweeney at the time, lost his voice at intermission. And so the understudy, who had never been on, went on for the second act. And I was like, hey, buddy, don't worry. You're going to be great. I'll help you through. I was like, what am I talking about? I've never done this before either. <laughs> I have never done the second act in public, so I can't help you. Oh, Sorry. I wish I could have been there. That sounds crazy, terrifying, it was, but also special. Uh, it was special, all right. <laughs> But yeah, being that close to people is hard because you really can't, I mean, on a normal stage with, you know, normal lighting instruments and stuff, you're, you're kind of seeing a black void when you look out into the audience. And that's, you know, for most performers, that feels kind of safe because yeah. you don't have to worry about what reactions you're seeing or if someone's asleep or if someone's, you know, on the phone. But this was, you know, up close and personal. So you saw every 
every yawn, every person looking at their watch, every person singing along with the songs. No. Oh, yeah. You know, every time someone got up to go to the bathroom, which they were told not to do, but no, they still really? did. Yeah. It was, it was an interesting experience, but we also fed off the energy of the people who were there. So when yeah. we had a good house, it was fantastic. Yeah. No, I hate doing audience participation as an actor. I mean, as an audience member too. Yeah. But um, like hair and Tony and Tina's wedding. Yes, I, I suffered through that one. Um, <laughs> it was a living nightmare. Yeah. It was a punishment from God having to like, try to mess with the audience and be with them. Like, I was like, no, put me back on stage. Yeah, not the audience. yeah, I know. There's some people who really love that. Yeah. I'm not one of them no, either. Neither no, neither am I. We're serial sisters. <laughs> We're the serial sisters. Um, what was the craziest thing that happened during Sweeney Todd? Oh, let's see. Like, would people get on their phone ever? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. In that small space. Yeah. You know, they would try to hide it. They would like hold it under the table. But, you know, it was a dark little box of a theater and you could see a bright light shining up. Yeah. Uh, yes, that happened. Um, people fell asleep. <laughs> Even if you were like screaming in their faces, a couple of times people fell asleep. I fell off a chair once no, and had to. Yeah. You did. Are you mm -hmm. okay? I was okay. Oh. Um, it was just embarrassing. Uh, let's see. Gosh. I think the most traumatic thing was just having Sondheim there on the first show. That was the hardest part for me. But lots of weird things would happen, and yeah, we would sure. come backstage. But and, you know, we, we saw a mouse running across the no. floor one time during the show, and I'm not a big fan of rodents, so no. I, didn't, I did not enjoy that. That's, that's so funny. <laughs> Every time I had to, uh, at the end of the show, after I'd been killed, I had to lay behind the counter for about, you know, five minutes until the show was over and I could get up for the finale. And I would always be petrified that a mouse was going to like run across my face <laughs> because I knew there were mice down there because, yeah. you know, there were like traps and stuff behind the counter oh, God. <laughs> because, you know, we, we had dough and there, there was food service before the show and I had dough and there was flour. And so there was lots of stuff for the mice to like. So I knew they were there, but it never happened in a year. So I feel very lucky oh I escaped God. that. Yuck. I don't like you lying down, fighting off mice, <laughs> my poor baby. Um, I survived it. Yeah, you did. You are a survivor. <laughs> and oh my gosh, you have the two most beautiful children in the world. They're not oh, children anymore. Thank you. But yeah. Yeah, they're all grown up. My daughter's 23 and my son's 18 oh now. Oh my God, I can't Going believe he's 18. College. I know. He goes to college in the fall? Yep. What's that like? Are you excited? Are you like, get out of my house? I need a party. No, I'm going to be sad. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Well, if you want, I could move in and you I could be like your fake son. Okay. And you can take care of me and send me to soccer and stuff. <laughs> He's much more athletic than I am. I would enjoy that. Don't forget your cleats, Joshy. <laughs> Don't forget your grape nuts. <laughs> um, oh, how was it juggling being a Broadway star and a mom? Uh, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recommend it, although I know that people want to have families and they want to be in this business, so I don't know what kind of choice you have. I guess you could take time off, but then by the time, like if I started back now, yeah, starting to 
try to look for parts when I'm 56. It's not easy. Yeah, my kids spent a lot of time in dressing rooms and they, you know, there were lots and lots of like school functions that I couldn't go to because they were always on weeknights or weekends and I yeah. always had shows. Um, yeah, that part was hard. Sure. They, were, they say they were understanding about it. I don't know. They may be in therapy for the rest of their no, lives. No, they're both so sweet and they both love you so much that think? I think, yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they seem like really normal, well-adjusted kids. <laughs> I think. I think they're pretty normal. Yeah. And they're not going into musical theater. And they're not theater. going into the business. Although they're both sort of interested in like media careers. My daughter is right now in Romania. What? Working with a film director that, you know, that hired her to assist him. And um, In Romania? Yes. They're, they're on location there doing a sci-fi film. Whoa. Yeah. And my son is... Uh, is going to college next year and majoring in film and media studies. So okay. I think they're both kind of in the business, but not performers. Cool. No, that's fine. great. As long as they can like support us one day. And I do mean us, like you and I are getting married. Okay. It's going to be platonic. Our sex life is going to really suck, but. Mine sucks now anyway, so it's okay. Perfect. It won't be much of a change. Yeah, I'm having it going out of business sale as are it is. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then we are going to talk to a fan who has no idea that they're going to be talking to Okay, cool. Okay, I love you. Love you. Stay tuned for more Josh Swallows Broadway. Gulp. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everybody, to Josh Swallows Broadway. Now we are at my favorite part of the show where we are going to call a fan who has answered in a question. Are you ready, Carolee? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, let's do it. They don't know that Carolee's here. Okay, up. Hi! Hi! What's up, Jess, yeah? Yes. I'm Josh. It's really nice to meet you. Oh, it's great to meet you. Thank you for coming on the show. And I am yes. sitting here with my favorite person, Broadway's Carolee Carmelo. Hi, Jess. Hi. What's up? How are you? I'm good. Do I see red, red-ish hair? Are we red Ish. twins? Ish. Like strawberry blonde, right? Yes. Beautiful. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Aw, twins. Gorgeous. <laughs> Yours is probably natural, though. Yours is yeah. natural, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jess, we had the same hair. I really like it. I know. Hey. I love it. Hey, yeah, now we're twins, too. Triplets. His style and my colors. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yes. Perfect. 
<laughs> Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today. And we are excited to talk to you. So what yeah, is your question for us? No, I'm really excited. Us? I'm sorry? What, what is your question for us? Um, so I guess I was just, my question mainly was how, what kind of advice would you give to someone that has kind of been out of the theater game for quite a while? It's been about 15 years, really, since I've done anything. Um, and I just really wanted to get back into it, but I'm not really sure where to even start at this point. That's a good question. Like <laughs> professionally or like you live in Florida, right? I saw that. I do live that. in Florida. Mm -hmm. So are you, are you saying you would like to pursue it professionally or you'd like to get involved in theater in your community or? I would, I would probably think community to start. I mean, I would love to do this as a profession, but I mean, who knows if that's even a possibility at this point, but, um, maybe just even community just to start um, and then to kind of go from there. And are you a performer, Jess, or a musician? Um, or I what went part? to, I, I actually went to, uh, to Berkeley in Boston um, for vocal performance. Uh -huh. um, but I just, I never pursued anything with it, unfortunately. So you're like the opposite of me. <laughs> Josh and I were just talking earlier on the podcast about how I went to business school and then ended mm -hmm. up in this business and you went to Berkeley right. And ended yeah. up doing what instead? Um, I work for a payroll company in their workers' compensation department. See, like that's, we should yeah. just swap. <laughs> Do you right. want to just swap? Because I'm ready for a change, uh. honestly. And Florida sounds pretty good. <laughs> Florida does sound really nice. <laughs> It's um, starting to get really hot right now, though. So oh, it's not oh pleasant. never mind. Oh, never mind. We'll stay here. You're trying to talk us out of it. Um, I think <laughs> the most important thing is that you just continue performing for you. Uh, mm -hmm. take some voice lessons, see what's happening in the community. Florida has got an incredible theater scene going on. What part right. of Florida are you in? Um, St. Jacksonville, St. Augustine. Okay, great. There's so much theater like accessible. Like why not just see what voice teachers are in the area and just start singing again? Cause yeah. no, okay. that'll never leave you. You went to Berkeley. It's obviously right. like a part of who you are. Oh, it's yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a part of me. So do they have like open auditions for any of the the local theaters by you or is it? All I I've looked into it um, a couple of times, but there's not really been anything. Um, I think the most recent audition is like 12 Angry Men. Uh, <laughs> and that's not <laughs> I don't really think that's going to work out. So um, I haven't seen anything recently, but there are usually open auditions and things like that. I just haven't done anything with it. Yeah, it's scary because if you haven't done yeah. it in a while, I mean, auditioning is scary, even if you do it every, every week, every day, it's every terrible. day. Yeah, we still hate it. So just know that if you're going to go to an audition and you're petrified, that's how we feel all the time anyway. Yeah. So okay. it's not <laughs> that don't let that stop you just sort of force yourself to get through it. I mean, I would think if right. you just sort of put it on your calendar that the next time there's any kind of open call for a musical mm -hmm. or I don't know if you're interested in other, you know, like opera or any of those other performances, but just go to an audition just to sort of stretch your muscles a little bit and see what it feels right. like. Right. Yeah. I mean, it'll be terrifying. Sure. Oh yeah. But <laughs> it, once you get through it, I bet you'll feel amazing. Because just right. just getting up in front of you know a room full of people, uh, and and being exposed like that is yeah. it's unlike anything in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but also like I think that you should go for it because I don't want you to go another fifteen years and look back and say mm -hmm. what if I would have done that. Um, right. So 
Find some songs that really speak to you that you love and just start singing them. Do it for you. You don't have to do it for anybody. You don't have to, you know, leave Florida and move to New York Mm -hmm. and pursue it. Um, You know, there's such a great art community there that I think you could really find yourself thriving down there and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, really fulfilled in that way. And I'm sure that the, the community theaters down there uh, welcome people who have full-time jobs, right? I mean, they, they, their rehearsals are probably built around people with your right. kind of schedule. So if you have that kind of free time in the evenings or the weekends, I'm sure they'd love to have mm-hmm. you. Yeah. yeah. Plus, like, you know, for me, it's not as much about the performing as it is the people. Like, I need to be around show folk. That's who right. I fit in. I right. need to be with my fellow carnies. And, yeah. um, you know, so for me, that's like the community of it all mm-hmm. really seals the deal. So do you have really fun, interesting, like witty people at the payroll company? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. Was yeah, that we, a have, we, we have we have experiences. So. <laughs> OK. OK. OK, payroll. OK, payroll. <laughs> Um, but you know, in the meantime, go find some carnies in your hometown and start singing songs with them and building a barricade in, you know, at your local karaoke bar and singing songs Mm -hmm. from Les Mis. That's a good idea. Carly used to do. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Um, Jess, thanks so much for calling in today. You're my new Mm -hmm. favorite person and I really love your classes. Thank you very much. I'm going to be in New York at the prom next month. What? When? Um, June for uh, this the weekend of the fifteenth. Oh, how exciting! Fantastic. Well, I'm, I uh, I would love to see you when you come see the show. Yes, I'm. I'm coming up. I'm flying up Friday night and going home Sunday morning. So oh, fantastic! Quick, quick up and back. So cool. Well, <laughs> I will definitely exciting. have my producers reach out so we can arrange to say hello. Awesome. That would be great. Yeah. Oh, cool. you're going to love it. It's true. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank nice you, Jess. Nice you, Jess. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thank you. I think it's so cool Ooh. and so like full circle in a way. Like, remember when you were saying, what would it be like if I don't move to New York? Yeah. And then you did. I would have had that payroll job somewhere. You, yeah. Totally. And I would have been going, how can I? get involved in theater somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm saying, how could I get involved in a payroll company? I know. What else? Sounds kind of fun. What else could we do? I This is one of our favorite conversations. Yeah. It's just because, yeah. you know, the business is so, you know, constant and so, you know, rewarding in that way. <laughs> like, you have talents. You could go work for a payroll company. I mean, everybody does. Everybody could have those kinds of no i no? couldn't i yes you could no i go to olive garden just so i can say like it's okay girl you could always work here girl <laughs> you could you always got a home at olive garden big girl all them breadsticks you could take home big girl you got security Did they let you take them home yeah i worked in a donut shop when i was 15 and oh i got God. to take home donuts it was kind of the best job ever <laughs> I gained so much weight working at this restaurant in, uh, when I was in high school. It was like, do you remember 90210? Yeah. It, they all hung out at the peach pit. It was basically that. And everybody that worked there were like really popular, like jocks and their cheerleaders. And then I was this fat guy 
that loved theater and the manager just happened to be obsessed with Liza Minnelli. So I pretended to be during the interview. And next thing you know, I got hired. And so it was me and then like, Wait, the are you saying you crowd. don't like Liza Minnelli? No, I do, but I'm not obsessed with okay. Liza Minnelli. Okay. I, I find her entertaining. Yeah. You know, because, oh, my father, <laughs> Vincent Minnelli. Oh, you know, you recognize. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. Um, I love you, my friend in Serial. I love you too. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Sure. Thanks for talking. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess stay tuned, everybody, because I'm sort of serious about marrying you and relocating to Boca. Boca. Uh-huh. Oh, we can um, start a community theater and hire Jess. <laughs> That's Is perfect. Is that far from We'll do an annual production of falsettos. Great idea. <laughs> I still got a Trina in me. Yeah, you do. Oh, God, what I would give. Oh, well, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to me and my dear friend, Carolee Carmelo. I can't wait to see you in your next 14, 15 Broadway shows. You are a national treasure, and I love you so much. Love you, Jesse. Just Follows Broadway is produced by Alan Seals and Dory Berenstein. Photography for the show is by Michael Kushner. Make sure to look him up. He is my favorite photographer in New York City. The theme song is by myself and Anthony Norman. Want to be on the show? I'd love to have you. Email me at josh at joshswallows.com. Be sure to find me on Instagram at josh.layman. See you soon. Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.